Good evening and welcome to the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable High School Edition. I am Scott Borowski. I am joined by Harry Austin. Harry, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. We had a, a beautiful day out there uh, at Ferris Athletic Complex on Saturday. You know, we were talking uh, on the last uh, podcast just about soccer being a, a winter high school sport and how the uh, weather kind of always made that a pain, but uh, you wouldn't have guessed it based upon the weather that we had out there at uh, Ferris on Saturday. Yeah, it was it was beautiful weather. I'll have to admit, uh, earlier in the week, I was kind of worried it was mid forties, but uh, it warmed uh, right up for you know for you know for we went and saw the Northwest tournament uh, or North Side tournament, pardon me. So it, it was a good time. Oh, good. Yeah, like an NISD kind of showcase tournament out there. Obviously, uh, another big tournament going on uh, this past weekend up there in the uh, DFW Metroplex with the uh, North Texas Elite Soccer Showcase. Uh, teams from all over the uh, country kind of uh, flying out there and everything. They had some of the top teams from California, some of the top teams from uh, Texas, and uh, Central Catholic kind of came out the victor, which uh, we will get into uh, here shortly, some of those matches but uh, one of the things while we were sitting there watching the game with uh, Rafa, a, a friend of ours, uh, he had mentioned that, you know, is San Antonio missing out by not really having a, a showcase tournament of the caliber of what we saw kind of up there in North Texas? And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think that there's something a little bit more San Antonio, whether it's San Antonio FC or, or just the city in general, could have done to try and have more of a showcase similar to that? I think they could have. Now, I don't. I guess the question is when you'd place it. Uh, obviously, you want to try to attract not only just the top teams here locally, but you know throughout the state and even nationally. So, uh, you know, obviously, you'd want to kind of be off off week than the North Texas one is. But so to me, that might be something that you'd have to look at because you know if you look at the schedule, you know they had the preseason tournaments and they're already playing. I've already seen some league games. You know, looking at the standings already, so. Uh, they already have the, the schedule squeezed in as it is. Um, but to me, I think it would be kind of cool to have, you know, over the, over the holidays, you know, ha have a maybe a preseason tournament. Um, and, you know, I think that would be beneficial, you know, of course, pending on, you know, the UIL rules on when they can technically start. But uh, to me, like I said, more soccer here, especially for the youth and, and especially where they can be, looked at not only by San Antonio, but, you know, what, there's, what, four other, uh, five other, you know, lower-level teams, not counting UPSL teams, not counting NPSL um, teams, PDL teams. So, to me, the more, you know, you can get the exposure out, you know, the better it is for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, you know, you had a couple schools from San Antonio up there at the uh, North Texas uh, Elite Showcase Tournament with uh, Central Catholic and uh, San Antonio Lee. Um, Central Catholic obviously uh, won the tournament. Uh, Lee fell to uh, Coppell High School there and basically what would be the uh, third place match. And uh, 
Central Catholic earning the number one rank there in the nation by defeating some of those top teams from California. Uh, Loyola was uh, ranked number one. Um, another school that they defeated, I want to say, was ranked number 20. So mm-hmm. facing some of those powerhouses out there from the uh, West Coast and a- able to overcome. Well, yeah, but they got, they've got the history behind it. So it's, you know, it's they've got a program. And, and that's, I would love to see more, you know, more schools develop that pipeline to develop that program. I know uh, I live next to Stevens, and, and you can see that they've got, you know, they, they seem to be turning decent, uh, decent kids year in and year out. So, um, just like you know, you got some football schools. I'd love to see a couple of uh, the schools publicly here in San Antonio become a little bit more known for you know for soccer instead of just you know prom, you know basketball or um, football schools. I'd love to you know see a, you know see it become more soccer related as well. Absolutely, and uh, you know, so far uh, Johnson and, and Reagan and, and some of those schools kind of earning that title along with, as you mentioned, uh, Central Catholic. Um, but, you know, everybody's kind of spread out a little bit in terms of really the powerhouses of San Antonio. Like we mentioned, you had um, Central Catholic and Lee playing up there in North Texas. You had Johnson kind of participating in a different tournament than, than what we saw with the NISD showcase. So everybody kind of doing their uh, their own thing this, this past weekend. But, um, you know, the, the first match that we actually saw out there at Ferris, uh, we saw Clemens take on Clark and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Clark used to be coached by uh, Coach Raul. He is uh, no longer there. He's retired from the uh, high school coaching scene. So his son no longer in attendance. And uh, Clark, is uh, they're going to have their hands full this season, uh, in my opinion. Um, they have some good players. Uh, we don't have uh, all the names and everything in front of us, so please forgive us if, if you guys are watching or, you know, we're talking about one of your fellow teammates. Feel free to comment with the name if it's you and, and you feel, you know, like you have no issue doing that. But uh, with Clark, they had uh, number 16 and number 10 were the two players I saw just with a lot of ability. But it was almost like they were just playing on an island out there, you know, and you hate seeing that in high school where you can see some really talented athletes, but just can't really get too much help, uh, you know, around them and everything. And the pieces aren't really in place and it's still early in the season. So I'm sure some of that, you know, is going to come with time. But I think Clemens, to me, uh, just kind of looked like more the all-around talented team. Uh, you know, they had a really strong midfield, uh, some really great attackers up top. Um, I know you weren't able to uh, to see that match, um, but I could I could go through my list here and just kind of highlight uh, the one area of opportunity I think that they're really going to have this season is they're really going to need to solidify that back line. Um, mm-hmm. There were some some misclearances and stuff like that, which you, you hate to see at any level. Um, and I, I think that's going to be one area that they're really going to have to tighten down on a little bit if they want to make a, a deep tournament run or, you know, just as they start to play uh, some some more talented teams. Um, and then also, too, I noticed that on uh, set pieces, they couldn't really do too much with them. Um, you know, I know you were out there for the Brandeis game and, you know, it was like night and day because, you know, yeah, when we were watching Brandeis, yeah, they, they had some really strong set pieces. But uh, uh, go ahead with uh, your thoughts from that match. Yeah, the, the Brandeis, I was impressed with the level of play this early in the season. Um you know, and then we watched what two and a half games. I think is what we ended up watching, or, or I think you watched what two and a half. I watched one. Three and, and a half, half yeah. Or, you know, two and a half, three games. Um, 
just in all of the games, even even the you know the last one where you know kind of got away, um, you know, with Warren and uh, I want to say it was East Central. Mm-hmm. It was. You, you could tell, you know, to me that 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 the that the players had put in some time already. Um, you know, it's not perfect on any of them. You know, it's you know as as you and I were discussing with with Rafa, it's it's their kind of preseason to kind of get together, get to know each other, you know, to you know, have the coaches see what works, what doesn't work. Um, and I think that's, you know, in, in one of the discussions you and I had with, uh, uh, I forget which team was it, Warren? No, uh, no. Uh, uh, what's the team? Brandeis and Edison or Warren and East Central were the two matches. No, the first one. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Clemens. With Clemens, is that you know they they, they lost what, or who lost their no Clemens beat them but it was what Clark Warren? Clark lost yeah. their head coach yep no 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 Warren lost to Clemens uh, oh yes the, uh, on yeah earlier on in the tournament yep on there and you know like I said in, in talking with um, you know the the Warren you know you know the Warren coaching staff or you know the contact that we have with Warren is that there was a lot of adjustments between that very first game compared to. Uh, the game that we saw them, you know, on Saturday. So to me, it'll be interesting to see, the, you know, just like with the UPSL teams, the growth from the first game compared to when you get in mid-season and then, of course, in the playoffs where, where it really counts. Absolutely, yeah. And this, as you said, it's kind of more of a showcase where, you know, you're trying out some different players. Um, you know, Warren had a, a, an amazing freshman uh, that we, we kind of mentioned, uh, number eight, Ian, who, you know, as soon as he kind of stepped out on the pitch, you, you could tell he was a, a little bit younger. But um, you talk about somebody to watch over the next few years and, and somebody you could even potentially see uh, there, you know, with the uh, uh, ETP team for San Antonio FC, potentially, you know, some type of uh, contract similar to like what Ethan Bryant's on, but um, he, his, his footwork was just amazing. I mean, his ability to control the ball uh, just reminded me a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Well, who was the one that scored the goals for Warren? Uh, that was Isaiah. Isaiah. He impressed me quite a bit. Uh, he goes, what, 13, if, if memory serves me correct on the number. Correct. Um, to, to me, that was one where, you know, just the talent that the talent that's that the high school kids have nowadays to me is it's amazing and especially you know you and I have caught you know UPSL action you know we all obviously follow San Antonio FC um you know outside of the physicality of it the technical side I think it's a lot closer than what people think you know as far as on the top athletes and, and where the difference between the good teams and and the teams that aren't as successful is that you know they don't have that depth or that that uh, consistency going across but I tell you what you know just you know you could see some stars in there and like I said here if I was San Antonio FC you know uh the you know runners you know you know Samba I would definitely be you know trying to scout and uh, see if you can catch some of these players to you know come up for you know the spring or you know in the fall season uh, to see if they can, you know, see if they have the opportunity to play with with the teams. Well, and like you said, Isaiah, you know, he is uh, he's a senior, so it's almost like a passing of a torch there between him and, and Ian, you know, the freshman. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, that, that kid could shoot from anywhere. I mean, anywhere. He's got a leg on him for sure that can play with the big boys. That's uh, he that... wasn't scared either. You know, it was one of those things that he was confident. And generally speaking, he would put it on frame, and, and you know, you know. The level of goaltending, of, of course, you know, can vary from team to team. 
but you know it was just you could tell he you know he you know that that Warren was just in a separate class you know just because of those two players and, and there, there were some other you know players on the team but you know they they were able just to connect so so purely in you know in, in the middle and it just looked effortless and 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 I know East Central was you know trying to you know put on a good show and and defend them and just you know just some of those were you know just one touch and, and shoot and and there were shots that I don't know if they could have been stopped you know you know even by a, you know a great goaltending effort absolutely yeah no a couple of those were over 20 yards out um you know he had the hat trick there in the first half I think he even had a fourth in the first half uh before they blew the whistle for halftime mm-hmm. but uh just getting back to Clemens uh they ended up beating Clark two to zero um, you know, I, I guess you could say, I know it was a showcase, but, you know, I'd venture to say that they probably won the tournament just based upon the fact that they didn't lose any matches, total numbers of goals scored and everything else. Um, but just just to highlight a few players there for that Clemens match, because I do want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, number 12, uh, his footwork and just his ability to facilitate uh, the attack and, and his passing was uh, a couple of the things that just really stood out to me. Uh, number 27 there for Clemens had a, had a couple of near misses in the first half, but was able to uh, kind of redeem himself there in the second half with a, uh, a beautiful pass to uh, number one, who uh, if it hadn't have been for Isaiah uh, in that match that we saw um, against East Central, I probably would have given my man of the uh, of the day. I'm not going to say the tournament because we didn't really see the games on Thursday mm-hmm. or Friday, but my, my player of the day would have been number one from Clemens. Um, he played there on the left wing and and had one goal uh, for Clemens, had their second goal, and then almost had a third off of a header. And uh, he's going to be an impressive player to watch. So if you catch any games with Clemens, take a look at 12, take a look at 27. Uh, number 18 had an easy chip. Uh, he had a great finish. Um, didn't get a whole lot of minutes, which I really didn't understand because when he came out on the field, he played really well. But Clemens was kind of just working in rotations with some of their players where they take a couple of their, their star players off and, and throw a couple more star players on. Um, they're on the defensive end, number 44, had a lot of speed and was really good at crossing. Um, and number 17 had some really, really key tackles uh, there in the middle of the field all by himself. So uh, just a great effort by Clemens. Like I said, they beat Clark 2-0. to zero. Um, you know, Clark's got some good, good players, but just couldn't really connect as a team. And, and as I mentioned, they're, they're probably going to have their hands full uh, this season just based upon early play. We'll see how it goes. Um, as you mentioned, Brandeis taking on Edison. Uh, Brandeis would win that game 3-0. to zero. But uh, here just recently looking at Max Preps, saw where they lost to Johnson 8-0. So, um, oh, you know, wow. yeah, so, some of these teams, you know, you like you said, you match them up against somebody else, and uh, Johnson is just going to be one of those teams this season uh, that's going to be tough to beat. Uh, but Clemens, after uh, this weekend, speaking of Central Catholic, we were talking about it a little bit before the show. Uh, tell us what happened there uh, yesterday evening for uh, those who don't know. Yeah, so I didn't catch it, but I was just you know trying to do some homework here, and uh, uh, ended up two-two. Uh, Central Catholic came back in the second half and, and you know got two goals. Uh, so to me, it's you know it's it's something you and I discussed that hey, if if we had maybe known about the the match, or, you know would have maybe tried to get out there, um, and that's the problem with with the high schools, you know, and, and just the different. Uh, Different, uh, not conferences, leagues, but different uh, districts or districts. 
it's hard to keep track and in, in uh, of the schedules and that might be something that you know maybe i'll i'll try to see if i can put something together to uh simplify that but to me that's one of the big things that you know i wish san antonio um and you know it's just different school districts but you know have some you know have somebody that can highlight the, you know the matches because they're typically in certain areas you know i know on our side of town it's either at uh guess the sun you know they got this you know two soccer fields and in, in inside the big stadium and then um out where we were which is uh ferris ferris stadium um so you know that's there and then i'm assuming you know um uh, you know the the northeast has theirs at uh, blossom blossom, blossom com- complex and probably heroes uh, probably has a, a couple of matches um and i know south side has or southwest side has a couple of designated spots where, where stevens played um, so to me, it's something that um, we need to look at. I know you and I mainly focused on on, on the on the boys this this week, and but you know we do also want to try to uh, reach out and catch some of the, the girls' actions uh, in the next couple of weeks as well, because they are also playing um, as well to you know give them a fair balance as well. Just unfortunately, with only only the two of us, and, and you know I wish they to me I wish they would have had a combination of the teams um, and I know travel wise, it probably makes it a little bit easier for them. Although we're not talking huge, huge amount of travel, but you know, have more of a mixture between, um, you know, you know, boys at one site, you know, the girls at the other site. And I know they flipped them on the days, but mm-hmm. you know, to me, I think that would have made you know, things a little bit easier to kind of, you know, cover and get exposure to both, you know, the boys and girls side, uh, you know, cause the North, you know, North side had it, you know, had both of them running at the same time. So. Yeah, absolutely. And as you mentioned, you know, we'll kind of at least flip flop back and forth and, uh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll try and do a better job. As you said, you know, with the high school soccer schedule, there's a lot of different districts here in San Antonio. Um, you know, they're usually playing two games a week on Tuesdays and Fridays. So it's, it's going to be tough to catch everything. The season's just starting mm-hmm. and uh, we'll do our due diligence to try and find, you know, certain matches and stuff like that, that we definitely want to highlight. But, um, you know, that's the great thing about the Twitter community and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If, if you guys have games that, you know, y'all know of some of the high school kids or, you know, the parents or, or whatever that, that follow our page, send them to us. Let us know what's going on. If, if there's some, you know, key uh, girl matchups or, or something like that, you know, going on, let us know. And, and you know, Fridays are probably going to be a little bit easier for me to make than mm-hmm. uh, Tuesdays are, obviously, you know, but we're going to do our best this year to try and, uh, like you said, come out with some kind of spreadsheet or, or something to keep track of all the high school action going on in San Antonio being two people. Let me ask you a question there. Is there any, one of the things that always kind of bothered me is why don't they have more games on Saturdays? Um, you know, especially at this time of year, as opposed to, you know, Friday nights, you know, t- you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights, you know, they'll have them scattered, you know, throughout, <laughs> throughout there. Wouldn't it make more sense to have them on, on a Saturday where it's more in the sun, you know, not, you know, through, you know, through there. It's, it's something that I've always, cause you know, you know, I can take AJ out and, you know, you know, you and I just saw, you know, he was sitting up at the top of the stands. They're just zoning away, watching the action. And spine on just, cleats. Yeah, spine <laughs> cleats. He's got a gift. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue about that. He's like, hey, Dad, look at these. I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking I, about. I, I showed him the – it was the new Copas because he was talking about the Predators. I, I show him, like, one video of the of the new Copas, and, and sure enough, next game, some kid, you know, 60 yards away out there on the field is wearing them, and he's like – Oh, hey, there they are. It's like, what the <laughs> heck, man? How did you spot that? Yeah, it's just, and 
where he picks it up, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, just, you know, with the technology, I know he gets a lot of it from YouTube and, and watching the, you know, the videos that, you know, on there, that, you know, of, of soccer, but yeah, it just, you know, to me, it's one of those things. And to me, the great thing about it compared to football where it's, you know, $8 to walk in, um, you know, it's $2 for kids, $4, you know, for, or $2 for students and, and $4 for, you know, for adults. So it's something that you can take that, you know, the family out and, Typically, they'll have, you know, reasonable concession stands where you can get a hot dog and chips and Powerade water um, along those lines. So it's, it's a good way to spend a couple of, you know, a couple hours. And to me, it's always something that I, I thought that, you know, I wish North, you know, you know North Side or even Northeast Side or, or South Side or, or San Antonio ISD would look at as more Saturdays because I think you can get more family, more of a more of a crowd that, that can see it. So it's one of those things that you know, they do it for basketball and, and, and the other major, you know, other major sports here. So it always kind of bothered me that soccer doesn't get that same, same opportunity. You know, you played soccer. Was that, has that always been the case? Or? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I was sitting there. It's interesting that you say basketball because, you know, to be completely honest, I don't know too much about high school basketball, but I thought it might, you know, almost be more of like a UIL regulation as far as the number, you know, the amount of time the coaches can kind of spend with the players and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But you know, maybe we can actually get an answer. Uh, we'll reach out to like an ISD and maybe we can get an answer from the UIL as to why they don't do that. You know, I just kind of assume that there are some regulations and stuff like that against it. But if basketball's doing that, uh, to be completely honest with you, I'm not sure why they don't do that more. Because, yeah, when, when, when I pulled up, there was basketball games going on in the, uh, uh, the there at Ferris at the, at the new stadium, which is an awesome, awesome stadium to go in. So, you know, if you do want to catch, you know, I know we mainly focus on soccer, but if you want to go see a nice facility for high school, go check out, the, you know, the basketball or volleyball uh, stadium there at Ferris. It's, you know, it's, you know, I know it's kind of off topic, but it's something I don't understand why UTSA didn't, didn't try to work with, you know, Northside on that because, you know, they could have very easily added another couple of thousand seats and, you know, you would have had a great uh, home facility to, to be able to show off, uh, you know, as far as for UTSA basketball or volleyball, but that's a separate subject. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that for the most part kind of touches on uh, most of the high school games that we were able to catch out there for uh, this weekend's past tournament. Um, and uh, again, you know, uh, Clemens, Warren, um, Johnson, uh, Reagan, you know, Central Catholic, you're going to have a lot, at least as far as the boys go, that we kind of are aware of right now. You're going to have a lot of good teams out there this year to uh, watch that hopefully can make some uh, some deep playoff runs because uh, as we've kind of talked about here recently, you know, it seems like that rivalry again, obviously it was a Houston team that uh, won state for 6A last year, but there's a, a pretty big rivalry kind of brewing between uh, San Antonio and, and some of those DFW schools. So we definitely want to see San Antonio uh, kind of take the, uh, the better of that. But absolutely. Cause you even had mentioned, you know, as far as like the UPSL level and uh, how it almost transcends to that UPSL level where it just seems that that North Texas region is a little bit difficult for uh, some of our San Antonio teams to, to beat. Yeah, and that's well. You even you know, and I even asked you about Houston, just because you know when it comes to UPSL action, which ten, from my understanding, you've got more of a mixture. Don't get me wrong, but I think majority of the kids that are playing are high school or very closely out of high school. Um, the range here, you know, from my understanding on the schedules, and I know there's you know a few exceptions to that, but to me, it's one of those things to where I think if San Antonio can improve 
the talent at the high school levels and get more experience. I think you're going to see, you know, you know, the talent at Samba, the talent, the talent at Bernie, the talent, you know, with, you know, with runners and, and, you know, I know Mac FC is going to be coming back in the U S premiership. Um, you know, you know, I believe in the upcoming year, you're going to be able to see them reap the benefits of that talent. And then of course, you know, as that grows, it grows up, the, you know, the pyramid to, you know, hopefully where some of those, you know, local kids, you know, whether it's through the EPT program through San Antonio FC, um, or, you know, you know, are, are able to catch on, you know, with, you know, division one schools or division two, you know, division two or division three to where they can get that recognition to, you know, achieve whatever goal that they have when it comes to soccer. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's what we want to see. And, and that's kind of, you know, the pathway and everything like that that's out there for some different players. You know, we were talking about that uh, on Saturday, not every high school soccer player, wants to go to college you know there, there's some of them that you know soccer is their dream that's their goal and, and the upsl can kind of create a pathway for that for some of them that you know the education just isn't quite as important and you know you always want to push education and obviously education is important but it's just not in the cards for everybody it's not you know not there, there's no just cookie cutter 100 percent of the time this is what's right for you so it does kind of create some some other avenues for players to try and progress but I, the reason why I wonder in this, you know, I know we're tying more into UPSL now and, and the yeah. lower divisions through there is the, the super drafts coming up. I think it's uh, Monday. I think it's Monday. Uh, you know, or no, maybe Friday, Friday, Friday Monday, Friday, I think yeah, fr- Friday it has, but tonight, tonight you had the, the Philadelphia union basically trade all their draft picks to FCC. And you hear that the draft is becoming weaker and weaker and weaker, you know, going through, you know, the, the college draft. So to me, I'm wondering if, if you want to have more control over your career, is it better to go, you know, you know, to me, you look at UTSA, we don't, we don't have UTSA does not have a division one team. And I know the runners aren't associated with, with UTSA. I understand that. But to me, if, if you could, have that kind of as a club level and then, you know, have, you know, have somebody that, that can maybe semi-affiliate, you know, with the university, you know, to be able to, Hey, where the kids can still get their education, mm-hmm. still be able to play, you know, you get their academic scholarships, but have that Avenue to, um, you know, play UPSL that, that plays two seasons where you can get that exposure where, you know, let's be honest, it's a world's game. I know we mainly focus here on the U S but, you know, we're very close to Mexico. So, you know, if, if you have some of those kids that, that stand out, you know, what's what's to say that, you know, you know, a division two, II, division three team, if they have division three uh, team down there, doesn't take a look at them and, 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 well, and they are opportunity to go pro. Yeah, you're absolutely right. No, they already are just through talking with Rafa and some of the players that are on his club team. You know, he had mentioned that, the, you know, we are kind of losing talent in that regard because some of those players are going, you know, overseas to Monterey and Rayados, you know, and, and stuff like that uh, for their division two teams. So you're absolutely right. You know, you talk about building that pipeline of growth up into the MLS and, and just, you know, Eventually, the U.S. men's national team, right, is the ultimate mm-hmm. goal. Um, but, yeah, so we are kind of already losing some of that talent uh, across the border. So even, even to me, I, you know, I think majority of fans' goal or players' goal is, you know, MLS is nice and, and you know, you know, it's it's our, divi- our, our Division One mm-hmm. league at the, at the time. You know, will that be 10 years, 20 years from now? You know, that, that you know, 
some people think that's debatable just with the model that it has. Mm -hmm. But to me, I believe most players' goals to get to Europe, you know, whether it's, you know, in Germany or, you know, the English Premier League, along those lines. So to me, if, if you can make it, use the, use the path that the U.S. system allows, um, and then to be able to you know, either, you know, take that next step, whether it's in Mexico or, you know, uh, you know, you know, one of the Central American leagues, you know, depending on if they're on par or, you know, you know, Canada starting a new league uh, this year here. So there's going to be more opportunities to be able to be viewed and, and you know, which, which is a win-win for us. And, um, you know, I, I'm excited for, you know, for the future generations, you know, of, of players that, you know, anything compared to what you had, you know, it's, it's a night and day difference, you know, for the opportunities nowadays compared to when you played. And that was what, 10 years ago or so um, when you got out of high school, somewhere I, around that time frame. 15, but I appreciate that, Harry. We'll say 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. Like us uh, so that time, you know, it was kind of right around the creation of the, uh, the whole generation Adidas and, and those contracts and everything. And it was kind of the very beginning uh, when I graduated of, you know, being able to really make a living playing, you know, in the MLS. So it has come a long way just in the last 15 years. So the only thing, other thing that I know from UPSL, there's going to be some sort of announcement coming out soon. Um, I don't know the specific timeframes, but I think it's going to be the makeup of uh, the, the spring season coming up with the new divisions uh, coming through. Uh, we already know that uh, the North is going to have ProRail. I think they've got three divisions set up. Uh, the heart and south are still going to be just the one conference now, how teams are going to be split between them, who's in, who's out. Um, I know uh, John's still working on, you know, the women's league here, <laughs> and, and, you know, it expects probably some announcements with that coming out as well. So, for you know, for UPSL, not a lot of news. Uh, I think uh, 10 days from now, you know, is when uh, the, uh, the playoffs uh, start for real. I think there's still the west that still has to be settled. And then also the Southeast, which uh, Innocentes will play the winner of uh, American Soccer Club and Miami Sun. Uh, they play at 4 o'clock, and, of course, you can catch that on Mike Cujo um, as well. So, and then, of course, in the West, I know, uh, you know, California United, FC2 uh, are the powerhouse over there, and, and they'll play um, J-A-S-A-R-W-C, so I'm not sure about those, but... Uh, uh, there's one more round that's got to go before we get to the national playoff structure, which will start out on the 19th. And then um, I think it's uh, February 2nd or somewhere around there will be the final. So it'll be interesting to see how that season. And then I think they start up fairly quickly right after that with the, you know, with, with the spring season. And uh, I think, uh, you know, so if you do follow UPS central um, on Twitter, uh, they're a great resource, uh, you know, for, you know, the, you know, for the central conference, um, you know, so expect to probably see some announcements coming from them, you know, probably in the next week or so I would expect. Well, and, and kind of speaking of announcements, you know, I was kind of just keeping an eye a little bit on the uh, WPSL and, uh, you know, you see some of the teams uh, with the WPSL kind of announcing tryouts here and, you know, about the next month and a half, two months, um, 
you know, they just added uh, another team, uh, the Utah Royals uh, reserve team, uh, you know, the Utah Royals and the NWSL, uh, they're two team basically uh, joining the WPSL. So just kind of interesting that you're starting to see uh, a little bit of uh, WPSL news come out from some of these teams. Mm -hmm. And we still really haven't heard any mention, uh, you know, from any team here in San Antonio as far as uh, a tryouts or anything like that goes here. So I would expect almost to see some some type of announcement for that type of stuff here in the next couple of weeks because, you know, the, the season's kind of starting to approach for the WPSL as well. Yeah. So, but so... With it being a new year, everything hits the reset cycle. So I'm sure uh, for the uh, spring, summer, it'll probably be very jam packed here in San Antonio with uh, you know S you know with SAFC, uh, Samba, Runners. Um, I'm not sure when Mac FC is playing or if they ever will play. But right. Um, but you know supposedly that's going to be coming out soon. Um, and then of course, uh, can't forget the Laredo heat, uh, you know, of, uh, uh, Gordino, uh, his favorite here. So, uh, they'll be starting up soon here. So it's, it's, uh, it's getting that time of year where, where things are changing, uh, with the exception of San Antonio FC where, uh, yeah, it's tumbleweeds going across the road right now, as far as, uh, anything coming out of that camp, which was kind of surprising, uh, you know, camp's probably going to start less than 30 days because uh, the season starts in 60 days. So, to me, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen more announcements from them as of yet. I know if you're a season ticket member, you got the scarf contest that's uh, uh, closing very soon. If it hasn't already closed, I forgot to look at the date, but I got, saw the email that says, hey, it's closing soon. So, um, you know, to me, it's, it's you know, it's... It's, it's an interesting time for him to be a San Antonio FC fan. Now, your, your thoughts on the lack of information. You know, I wouldn't even say news, just, you know, there's no preseason schedule. There's no, you know, we've got 11 players. 11? We do have uh, a roster. We do have a starting 11. But <laughs> you need at least, what, seven, uh, 16, right? Because you need to have at least five subs. What, what for, man? They can go the full 90. We already talked about this. They're going to be running a, a two five three, right? With a... <laughs> no, you know, it, it's interesting uh, because, you know, I, I, I know you have been, like, not hounding them, but, you know, I, I see you on Twitter tagging them and stuff like that. And everybody wants to know uh, player signings and, and schedule release. And, you know, people just get excited about that kind of stuff. It's It kind of holds you over during the offseason. You know, I get that. But, um, you know, I, I guess it's more not knowing what all the pieces in play are because, you know, it's like, are we really scared that they're not going to field a team this year? You know, it's like that that's not the issue. So, um SSNE is kind of, I think, just always a little bit more. They, they never show their cards. You know, they always kind of hold them pretty close to their chest. So, uh, you know, obviously they're, they're not really stressing, I don't think. But to me, it's not about stressing of it. It's about, it's about being able to build that excitement. We're 60 days away from the season. And this year they're going to have, what, the commanders, the San Antonio commanders to, to kind of battle. February with, they, they start in February. 30 so days. Start a month from now. So you know they're going to have the the newness on them, you know, where where it's going to dominate the local news. And you know, let's be honest, you know, soccer in in Texas doesn't, versus football. doesn't generate the major news to begin with. So to me, it's about 
it's about building that excitement to be able to say, hey, I'm a San Antonio FC fan. Look, we signed player X, and whether you've heard of him or not, hopefully you have. You know, you know, I know, you know, there's been teams that have been signing MLS fringe talent, we'll just say. And yet you hit, you know, there's, there's tumbleweeds right now coming from San Antonio. And, and I know Texas soccer radio is doing a podcast. We're doing a podcast tonight. So I'm, I'm willing to bet, you know, a hundred bucks, you know, you know, unofficially that tomorrow there'll be, you know, this breaking story that that's why we're doing this just, <laughs> just, just because that's how it works. But it's one of those things that how are you supposed to build excitement for the for the season? How are you supposed to you know build that that fan base if you don't have that steady news? If you're not keeping yourself in the name, and and, and that's why I push out to them. It's it's you know it's to keep them engaged. And and, I, and I'm not saying that you know that the, that they're not engaged on social media. They're very engaging. But you got to have that news, and, and especially where you're getting dominated by the, ran- or you the know, commanders. You know, the commanders, you know, already you've got the bold that's coming out. The biggest news this this week is, you know, hey Jose Escalante. We know he's going back home. You know, he's you know he announced it on Twitter today that you know he signed with a team in Honduras. But over the weekend, he said thank you, and Diego also said thank you, which you know. You know, if he's still in the area, it makes you wonder where he's going. You know, you know. I think we all we all pretty much have one idea of where he's going. You kind of have a pretty good idea of of possibly where he's going to land. Now, you know, it's a little bit north on thirty five. I'll give you a hint. Yeah, he's going north as opposed to now. That south, (laughs) I would probably expect. I I don't think the Dynamo with with their uh, uh, stockade of goaltenders, you know, is is looking at you know looking at looking at him. So. If he's staying in the area, that that leads you to believe that he's either taking the long commute to, commute to El Paso, going to Austin Bold, or you know some other you know lower level team, which you know he's still got the talent and you know you and I both have talked off record is you know if he's still here if, and he still's got his clinics, you know why not go to Austin if if they're willing to willing to sign him so. Yeah, well, at this point in his career, he's going to want to get minutes. You know, I just don't think he's going to go somewhere to be a backup keeper, you know, at, at this stage in, in his career. Um, you know, one piece of news that did kind of come out um, kind of from voice to voice uh, was uh, the mention of the Rampage kind of going to 100% digital as far as like their season ticket member stuff goes. And, uh, you know, I, I'm almost curious, do you think that means that we're not going to have like a, uh, an STM card or something like that this year? Do you think it's just purely going to be print your tickets off at home or, or show us your phone? I think it's going to be digital, yes. And I'm hoping they come out with an app for it because I think, I think that's what's needed is if you're going to put everything, you know, electronically, have an app for it. It doesn't make sense to say, okay, hey, we're going digital. And yet you got to manually log into the, you know, the SAFC the ticket portal for, you know, for their, you know, if you're going to do it, you know, especially where you can use one, I'm assuming one foundation and just change the overface from, you know, the rampage to the spurs to, you know, to the, you know, to, you know, to the, to SAFC. So you can have it in on there. You can have the schedule. You can have, or hey, you can exchange tickets. You know, from one person A to person B, real handy. If you're going to go digital, that's how you have to go. If they do not do that, 
you know, I understand why you're doing it. I like the digital cards, you know, you know, just cause you know, it's a cool collector's item to have, but you know, just being honest with you, I, I use the phone as well. It's, you know, just, Hey, you know, check and, and, and click over. It's, it's very easy to do it. You know, um, there was a couple of matches where, um, the season ticket card didn't work. So they've already had trial periods with it. You know, you either print it out or you just use the barcode and, and, it's going to be the wave of the future. So I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that being a way to really hinder anybody. Um, see, and it, it is, in, but I, I guess I'm just kind of old school like that. Cause you know, I can remember just being younger and uh, you know, back when Dallas Cowboys season tickets were still affordable when they were playing out there in Irving and, and, you know, my family kind of having those for a couple seasons and, you know, you got the tickets and each one kind of had like a different image on it and stuff like that. You know, it was something like a souvenir that you could hang on to kind of similar to what you mentioned with the uh, the season ticket member card. You know, it's just cool memorabilia to uh, hold on to that stuff. And I get that everything's going paperless now and, and everything's going digital now. But, you know, it's like having a CD jacket from, you know, your favorite CD or, you know, when you bought a video game back in the day and you took the booklet out of it and kind of flipped <laughs> through the booklet. On, you know, just those little things now, it's like they're doing away well, let with Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you bought a video game? And did you just buy it, download it onto your, your, your gaming system or did you actually go to GameStop and so buy you, the game? You busted me. The last game I bought was FIFA 19, but but the only reason I bought it online was because they had their Black Friday special after Christmas for PlayStation <laughs> Plus subscribers. So it was $23 digital, $35 at GameStop. So I have a reason because I did drive up to GameStop to but try. But you understand. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I get it. Like, I do. But it, it just sucks. You know, in like today's generation, not to do the whole millennial thing, but, you know, for people that never really did it the old school way, you know, they don't really know that they're missing out on anything. And it is more convenient. Uh, the one thing that it just kind of always does for me, though, is just stress me out because it's like you go there, you start tailgating, your phone battery starts dying. And it's like mm -hmm. I'm always just scared that, you know, I'm going to get to the ticket gate. My phone's going to be dead. And so I, I'll, I'll usually have kind of that printed piece just in my back pocket because okay. I know I know I'm good, you know. But and that's a fair point. Yeah, it's it's not a perfect. And I'm waiting for the day when when the phones can't connect. When I screenshot mine, like because I've been there, you know, you start oh, getting in line. Yeah, I'll screenshot it so I have it in my gallery. Like that's how much I fear over this whole digital <laughs> ticket on my phone that. Something's gonna mess up, so, so but you know, yeah, I'm there's just, more I'm just waiting for that day where oh hey we can't scan it. What you know what what do they do next? Right, exactly. And, and that's the problem. But yeah, you know to me that's one of the cool things, especially you know with, with baseball and and you know is and, and going back to the Scorpions years is, is getting the uh, the booklets of the tickets and the different you know players or the different teams logos on mm -hmm. there. That that was awesome to get. So I, you know I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. That. Um, you know, for the collectible side, and to me, hopefully, they will maybe one per account give give a card. You know, give, give a card out instead of maybe like three or you know four or however many sure. cards that you have. Give one, give one for account more, just as kind of a um, you know you know a uh, token or a you know you know uh, memorabilia type thing here for it. You know, and plus to me, if you go to a soccer factory, typically you got to have that card. That's right for um, your discount to. For, for the discount. So I wonder how they do that. If it all goes, um, if it all digital. goes up uh, digital anyway. That's a good point. But, 
Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and maybe that's what FO's up to. Maybe that's why we're not getting so much news as far as like a, a schedule release and, and all the roster signings and everything goes because they're focusing right now on trying to create this new platform or this new app, you know, and, and rolling that all out and trying to get everybody excited about it. Uh, one thing I will say, they haven't been real forthcoming with the news that they have released. But I think they've done a good job trying to engage the fans with the way they've been doing their different player announcements and everything. It's been a little bit different this year, and they're kind of trying to mix it up a little bit, you know. So I do want to give them uh, props for just, uh, you know, their social media team does a pretty good job. But like you say, it's going to be an interesting season just with the uh, inaugural season now for the Commanders. Um, you know, Larry had mentioned that there probably wouldn't be too much overlap in actual games, and, and I took a look at it. And sure enough, I think there's one home game where the Commanders and San Antonio FC are both playing at home. But, you know, just kind of striving for that attention more in the media and, you know, in the merchandise. And that's kind of where I see, I think, the Commanders are going to eat away a little bit at but San Antonio FC. Well, I think the overlap isn't game the, the, the right. game day action. It's going to be more season ticket-based. Because if right. you got say, hey, I've got – Three hundred dollars that you can you can spend on for the family season tickets. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna do San Antonio or are you gonna or are you gonna do SAFC or are you gonna do the Commanders? And, right. And to me, that's part of the reason why I think the last couple of years. And it's not the it's not the social media guys because the social media guys and gals do an excellent job. It's more just the marketing of the team overall. It's mm -hmm. it's dropped and and you know the billboards, the buses, that kind of thing. It's just. It's, it's, you know, out, if you don't follow the team, do you have a clue that the season starts 60 days from now? I True. doubt it. True. I, I you know, because I haven't heard them really on, you know, you listen to more San Antonio Sports Talk Radio than I do. I haven't heard a lot of advertisements on that kicking off as of yet. And, and I'm sure they'll be doing a push probably in the next 30 days or so, um, you know, for that here. But to me, you know, you know, there, there hasn't been that off-season fan engagement outside of the uh, Christmas party at at, at the at the arena, you know, at at um, AT and T Center, mm -hmm. you know, with, with with the ice skating, you know, and stuff like that, which was which was fun. But there hasn't been that engagement with the fan base that that they had the first two years. And, they, and they've done some pretty cool giveaways here recently. The twelve, the 12 days, days of Christmas, was awesome. yeah. You know, how how they kept building up and and. You know, we've seen several of, of, you know, our followers and people that I follow and I'm assuming people you follow as well that, that have got some of them. So, um, you know, and, and I'll, I'll admit that, uh, you know, at the Christmas party, you know, I picked up a swag bag that was that was pretty sweet. So uh, I think my kids won that for me. <laughs> hey, it's always the kids, right? <laughs> it's the kids. It is. Did you see but, the uh, the kid that wrote the letter for uh, Alan Hearns or whatever? You know, yes, which, I, <laughs> hey, got a couple tickets to a game. You know what I mean? It's always the kids. So, but no, it's it's just to me that's you know it's 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 not that they're not going to have a team ready. You know, I think that they need to have this core. I need. I think they need to have this team developing early because it's not an easy start to the season. March 9th, you're playing Phoenix, and you're going to have a whole new back line. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no question about that. The midfield, outs, you know, Peck is so far the only one that's back, right, in the midfield? Yes, because he's got – back, but I don't – He's Rafa's not a starter. So much, no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't consider him. Um, he's a sub Lane, Lane, which is more, you know, more up on, on the wing. 
but and then you got Restrepo. There's so much new with this team that they're gonna need time. And I used to fret over, hey, release the preseason schedule. You know, release it, release it. Why aren't you releasing it? You know, you know, Tulsa's released theirs. Other teams have released theirs. But you know, even if they release it, they're not gonna allow you to see it. So it's one of those things. You know, what, why hassle them about the schedule if if they're not gonna? Make the games you know, available to the yeah, public. Yeah, the history, you know, history says they're not going to make it available for you. Um, history says they're not going to have a MLS team come come to town. Um, there'll be one week where they'll travel out, whether it's Florida or Arizona. I haven't, you know, haven't been able to pick that up yet because MLS, you know, the MLS schedule just came out. So, you know, we'll start, probably start to see some more uh, preseason friendlies come out. Uh, I know Houston's already announced theirs. We're not on theirs once again. So, um, which I guess kind of makes sense, you know, with, with us and RGV. Right. But, you know, to me, it's one of those things to where, you know, and, you know, with the last two years, it's been Tulsa, uh, that's came to San Antonio. Well, I know Tulsa is really served, so they're not coming. So it just makes you wonder, Hey, you know, how do we build the excitement, you know, with it in, you know, it's one of those, you know, are they going to go, and I don't mean this in a negative way, are they going to go, you know, with the Austin Bold, you know, either up there or here as a preseason friendly, you know, whether that would be open? I, You know, I, I think they'll probably do your your Trinity University, your, you know, your St. Mary's or Incarnate Word. You know, they, they like doing a, a lot of the, the colleges and stuff like that. I've kind of noticed around here, you know. And that Which is fine. Yeah, but know. those matches don't, I mean, do you want to go see SAFC versus Trinity? Do you get fired up for like, you know, so it's kind of like I, I get like, it stinks that they're not more open to the public, but at the same time, you know, it's not like, you know, if it was somebody like a Houston Dynamo or if it was, you know, like the Austin Bowl, then, you know, or Tulsa, you know, those are the matches I think the public would really want to go see. But I definitely think that it's going to be a, a busy next few weeks. I, I would think by the 1st of February, a lot of these ifs, ands, or buts or whatever are going to be answered, I would think, here in the next few weeks. Well, it has to be. It's there's there's no choice, right? I mean, you figure you figure camp starts in twenty days, because if they're kicking off March 9th, you oh, figure February second or so, because you want at least thirty days for you know, right for preseason, right? At right. Yeah. So if you're looking at the calendar, you're that's twenty days away. Yeah, you're right. We're already there. So I mean, it so. The, the news has to come, and that's – and I think that's the most frustrating part now. They could do what Vegas did and just don't pay. We're, you know, we signed 12 new people, and, and here you go. and Dump it all out there. You know, they're dumping it out, but I know they're starting – you know, I know they get some of the MLS teams going out, so they're starting camp in the next week or two. So that, that's why they had to is, mm-hmm. is, you know, they had to say, hey, we've got a roster. So, you know, I know to be patient, and I'm not necessarily the most patient guy on Twitter – um, but to me, it's 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 more trying to build that, you know, as we discussed earlier, it's, it's more trying to build that excitement for, you know, for the team I love. And, you know, you know, because, you know, obviously the, the hardcore people that are tweeting San Antonio FC, hey, coming out about your schedule or coming out about your players, they're going to be there. It's mm-hmm. being able to build that excitement to family, friends and stuff that's outside of that circle that without any news, it makes it harder to do. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, and it's a fair point. So, you know, obviously, like you said, I didn't even realize how closely, you know, we were already to the, the start of camp and everything. So, 
you know, obviously you could probably even say like within the next two weeks that, you know, you probably have a better idea of the, the complete roster and, and that preseason schedule and everything else. And, you know, I wonder how much this information they already know they just haven't released. You know, maybe there's like a planned stage. Here's what we're going to do week one, week two. It's just real heavy and, you know, it's just real hyped. And maybe they're trying to do it a little bit different this year. But, you know, obviously me and you just being podcasters, only time will tell for us. Yeah, As with the rest of the fans. Yeah, and well, I think the, you know, like I said here, I think the biggest frustration, you know, what the the super draft is this is this weekend, mm-hmm. and then you know who doesn't get drafted, mm-hmm. um, you know, will will become available. And I do think the team is going to try to get younger. I, I think, you know, I I believe that's going to be the direction that that they're going to be going. Um, they're going to probably try to get a couple of the, the fringe MLS guys that, that get cut, hopefully not from Houston because we haven't had much success. Let's try from Dallas, you know, or other teams uh, for their here. Um, I'm interested to hear about an affiliation, if they're still affiliated with, you know, NYCFC or do they affiliate with somebody else? And, and you know, I wonder – you know, I wonder if like an affiliation with like, you know, Cincinnati as an example, it's going to have a crap ton of, of picks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a new team. You know, would that be something that, that might benefit in the short term, um, you know, for San Antonio is, 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 an, is an affiliation with somebody that's a little bit more active, but I've also heard, you know, semi rumors, you know, off of Reddit that, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't be blaming all on New York City. Maybe some of the blame does fall to San Antonio, not really wanting to guarantee player playing time to players that move down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from the MLS team, which made sense with you know with the last two years. But so, but with it being a new team, lots of opportunities. Absolutely. Well, uh, just one more thing that uh, I wanted to touch on uh, before we call it an evening tonight. You know, we said that there was no news to talk about. And again, you know, we we made it an hour on our show. So uh, (laughs) obviously we got some stuff to talk about. But um, if you guys haven't checked out Ian's Foundation, uh, definitely do a Google search uh, for Ian's Foundation. Um, The Ian's Cup is uh, coming up here. In a, in a few weeks, and, and hopefully we can get them on to uh, talk a little bit more about the f- foundation directly. Uh, but they have a pretty big goal this year of trying to provide 500,000 helmets to uh, lower-income children. Here in San Antonio, uh, their son passed away uh, on a bicycle or from a bicycle accident, from a head injury that he suffered uh, from a bicycle accident. So uh, ever since then, it, it's kind of been their mission. Um, there's, there's some really cool soccer games where they do an aggregate uh, boys and girls, uh, they take the combined score, um, and, and that's kind of the, the Ian's Cup. Uh, this year, it's not going to be played at Toyota Field, which, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try and get some more information on maybe when we have them on. Uh, last year, it was out there at Toyota. Uh, it was really cool just seeing high school soccer there at Toyota Field. They had to uh, section off the first few rows just because they didn't want, you know, the spectators that close to the action for a high school match. <laughs> Um, but we definitely are going to try and have them on to talk a little bit more about it. And uh, we'll definitely be sharing some links and stuff like that, how you can make a donation, uh, whether it's a monetary donation, whether you just want to donate some helmets. Uh, I'm sure they'll take all that good stuff. So um, just check out iansfoundation.org uh, if you have some time before we get them on. Uh, but we'll definitely be talking about that more shortly. And then also, too, I know we didn't have the chance to check out uh, John Jay boys team uh, at the uh, tournament this past weekend just because of when the matches were being played and everything uh that was the last match of that saturday and after about 
six hours in that sun uh, and everything. You know, I was ready to call it a day. But I definitely think John Jay could be a team that kind of slips under the radar this year again and, and makes a playoff run. You know, they had kind of their first uh, playoff run last season. And mm -hmm. uh, I was looking at some of the scores and some of the results from that tournament. And uh, they won quite a few matches as well. So I know we hadn't really talked about John Jay, but I talked to the coach a little bit because uh, he was out there scouting some of those other teams. So he uh, he's doing his work as well. And uh, we'll definitely get out there to uh, catch a John Jay match because I think they're one that could kind of sneak under the radar this season. So uh, those were just my final thoughts. So uh, Harry, any final thoughts for the, uh, the episode? Yeah, so my final thoughts, and it's not really, well, it's semi-San Antonio related. Uh, looks like MLS Austin is going to be announced, I think, on Tuesday here. Um, the, the bad thing about it is, in order for San Antonio to get a chance, they need Austin to succeed. Um, you know, if, if Austin goes in the crapper, San Antonio has no chance if you're looking at, at MLS. So hopefully, you know, in time, uh, you know, people will become a little bit more friendlier uh, with MLS Austin, you know, you know, to say that because if you, if MLS is your goal and it's not mine, but if MLS is your goal, the only way San Antonio gets a team now is if, as if MLS Austin is, you know, a superstar team, which, you know, not holding my breath on by any means, but uh, it sucks that it's come down to that. But if you are, you know, if MLS is your cup of tea, um, you know, there is a big announcement, you know, up in, in Austin. Um, so like I said here, you know, it does impact, you know, San Antonio FC indirectly. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be interesting to see how that fallout happens or what happens with it. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said here, if, if MLS is your goal, you might want to rethink, uh, your thoughts on MLS Austin. So well, we'll keep an eye on that. Not your goal. <laughs> <laughs> the goal is to go out and just support your team, regardless of what league they play in, right? It's, it's it your is, club. But you know, being a soccer show, it's, it's one of those that, no, you know, hey, if, if you want to play at the top level, mm -hmm. That's the it's it's unfortunately the avenue that San Antonio is faced with now is they're dependent on Austin showing that they're like an Atlanta United or you know FCC you know a Cincinnati team that that can pack the house mm -hmm. um, and then San Antonio also has to do their portion of, of still showing up for you know San Antonio FC if if ne if neither one of them succeed there's no way right. you know, MLS is going to say, hey, okay, hey, you know, let's go 90 miles south from a team that failed when Houston and Dallas support poorly as, as well. So right. it's, it's the only chance that San Antonio has if they're looking to get, you know, you know, some of the later expansion rounds, you know, so it's one of those things that it directly, indirectly affects us, but, you know, it, it is, it is part of the, you know, it is the system that we live in fair or unfair and, you know, you know, to me and, and, you know, to, to, you know, quote famous Todd, fuck MLS. I don't, I personally probably am not going to go to him, but uh, I know my son probably will get suckered into it because he's what, he's going to be about 11 this year. Sure. And it's going to be, you know, you know, it's going to, it's going to be his top team in, in the area. So. Well, I mean, there you go. There you have it. Like you said, it is what it is, you know? So, um, Thanks again for uh, everybody tuning in, and uh, this is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out. Peace.